right, y'all. Uh, the children are here. Can go down the hall with uh, Mr. Hoyt and Miss Peggy for your time of study and activity. Uh, I think I might be up a little bit. There's a little bit of an echo going on. Just, just a hair. There we go. Today, we're going to finish up the series that we've been in, uh, talking about being thankful, what there is to be thankful for. I think, I think, I feel like we could go probably a year or two every Sunday and just preach about being thankful. I think we could do that. I think we could find plenty, plenty of resources, plenty of reasons, plenty of examples, uh, of, of, of what we should be thankful for, what we could be thankful for, and maybe even some things that would help us along the way if we're failing in some of, the, some of those areas. Today, uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the, the fact that I'm thankful for God's faithfulness. And we've talked about several things over the last several weeks as far as being thankful in several aspects of God. I think the most, maybe it's, I don't know if I could say it's the most important uh, one yet, but I think it's the one that we could rely on the most because without his faithfulness, none of the rest of it matters. Does that make sense what I mean? In other words, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy would be all great and awesome as we discussed, but without God's faithfulness, it would be random, wouldn't it? It would be every now and whenever it felt like it. He could change his mind anytime he wanted to. Even though he's God, the fact that he is just and perfect means that he will not. He's always faithful. There was a story told uh, probably a million times by a million other preachers about a young uh, high school boy who uh, asked this girl to be his girlfriend. And she said yes. She gave him a picture of herself, framed it up real nice. And said, forever yours, I love you always, till the end of, the, of time. Wrote it right on the front of the picture. Well, he, he, for some reason, he felt like he needed a different frame. So he went off to the frame store and he bought him another frame. And he took the picture out of the frame to put it in the new frame. And on the back, as if we break up, I want this picture back. <laughs> Just in case, right? <laughs> Whew, that'd be hard to take as a young high school boy right there. Like what? Wait, what? <laughs> why did I say, why did I tell you that probably made up story? <laughs> because there's there's this thing called commitment, isn't it? This thing that's that's faithfulness to be faithful. What does it really mean, and how should we how should we allow it to determine our expectations? Okay. Well, first of all, faith, the word faithful basically means to be trustworthy or loyal. Most people who have a dog, right, if you have a, there, there are a few dogs that are the exception, but most dogs are pretty faithful to the one that feeds them, right? And that looks different for everybody. Cat people, on the other hand, I'm not even going to talk about cats. They expect you to be faithful to them. That's what cats, if you're a cat person, then God bless you, but I'm not a cat person. I wish I could be as faithful to my dog as my dog is to me. 
My my dog, my older dog, she was uh, she she was a bird hunter. She's retired now. She doesn't. She's too old to go raising after birds. But she thought that I would shoot everything that flew across the air. In fact, she would take off to go get that bird before I ever pulled the gun up to pull the trigger. And I found out early on that that dog needed a better hunter. That's what I that's what I figured out. But she, she's a good dog, and she was a good hunter, and now she's just a good old dog that lays around and doesn't get up unless she has to. And she deserves that because she's been faithful, right? Well, I don't want to talk about our faithfulness to God so much this morning as I want to talk about God's faithfulness to us. And that's two total different things, isn't it? Two totally different drastically different things. We, we can look in the Old Testament, and we're, we're about to. You can turn to Lamentations chapter 3, because I'm eventually going to get there if you want to. I want to give you some examples just of God's faith. It was, it was a struggle to go through and prepare whatever it is I'm about to say to y'all, because this entire book is about God's faithfulness. So how do y'all want me to read the whole Bible today? <laughs> you said no. <laughs> you could have wait. Let me finish asking the question first. <laughs> you get the point. Any part of God's word, you will find his faithfulness. E- even in the hard parts, even in the parts where your heart and everything in you knows you should say amen, but part of you is like, I don't want to say amen to that because that means something bad for me kind of thing let's look at let's look at things just to point out a few things just to get our minds in the right place deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 says this right here about god's faithfulness Uh, know therefore that the lord your god is god he is the faithful god keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments isn't that great he's god right god is god And he's the faithful God. What God do you serve? I serve the faithful God. I serve the God that never fails. Right? This is is the the end of our thankful sermon series before we move into the Christmas time sermon series and things like that. So let's, let's throw out some amens when it's appropriate, right? And get excited about our God who is faithful. Here's something else. Check this out. Psalm 33 verse 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right and true, he is, whoops, he is faithful in all he does. Whatever God is doing, he's faithful. He's loyal to it. He's committed to it. He's trustworthy. You ever felt like you don't know what God's up to? You ever felt like, you, I don't know how God's doing or what he's doing in this. I don't understand. But why do we trust him? Because he's proven himself. Not that he had to prove himself, but he has. Not that he's never he's never failed us, has he? Not one time. We may have been in a situation a time or two, maybe I'm speaking for myself, where we felt like God might have failed us or God is ignoring whatever the, the situation would bring those kinds of thoughts. But we know deep in our heart that he hasn't. We know that he's faithful. We know it. Psalm 91 verse four says he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. 
You, you look around the world today and it kind of looks bad, doesn't it, in some ways? If you look at the right places and all you if all you do is watch the news, then you should feel bad about the world. However, if you know God and you have this healthy relationship with him and he is your refuge, he is your hiding place, he's your protector, and you trust him because he's faithful, then maybe the world is really bad, but life doesn't have to be bad, does it? Because we have God. The world can be bad, but I can still have what we talked about in Sunday school Bible study this morning, joy and peace. Because God is faithful. When he says, commit yourself to me by faith and you repent of being an enemy of me, I will come and live in you. And you will have all the resources of my kingdom. That was a praise the Lord moment, y'all. Are y'all here? Hello? You guys, I know you guys in the front row. Let's let's talk about God this morning, y'all. Look at Numbers 23, verse 19. says, God is not human that he should lie. Everybody say, thank the Lord. Just imagine if God would lie to you. What kind of God would that be? He's not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Praise God for that. If God would ever change his mind about his promises and about his instructions, about his way, about his love, I would be constantly worried about that. Is he going to change his mind today? Because I've sinned one too many times? Am I not going to be forgiven anymore? Is he not going to have grace? Is he not going to have mercy? Is he not going to have uh, encouragement? Is he not going to give me what I need? He said he would, but he might change his mind. No, that's not our God. That's not who he is. He's faithful. He's consistent. It it doesn't matter how I feel or react to what's going on in the world. It doesn't even matter if I believe him in every moment of my life. He's still faithful. And we thank the Lord. Look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. If you read that that account of that prophecy, you'll, you'll learn a lot about God's faithfulness and how God deals with his people who are not so great sometimes, right? And we sit, you, can, you, you can read some of, these, uh, some of these accounts about the Israelites or God's people, the disciples, anybody, and we could sit back. It's easy to sit back and say, there's a bunch of knuckleheads. They had everything in the world. They had God. They had all of his promises. They had, there was nothing they needed, and they still complained. They still failed. They still went the wrong way. I really think there should be a mirror in every page of the Bible so we could see what the problem is. And we could recognize the faithfulness, just how powerful the faithfulness of God is. Make sense? Why would God be so faithful to a bunch of knuckleheads like us? Really? Why? Why would God even care or love people like us? Because he's faithful to himself. He's faithful when he when he loves, he loves. Thank God for his love. He's, he's faithful in, 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 in holding himself to his word. If you're an enemy, I will deal with you, is what he says. If you if you're a family member, if you come into the kingdom of God through Jesus, then you will experience all I have to offer. And he's faithful to both. That's what the urgency of the gospel is all about. 
It's not a game. People are dying every day, leaving this world, and some don't know the Lord. Some are in his wrath forever because God is faithful. It's not, he's not joking around, y'all. He loves you too much not to be faithful to you. Make sense? So, then it says this in Malachi, I, the Lord, do not change. Everybody say, praise the Lord. God does not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. That's all the way back to Genesis, y'all. When, when he said to Adam, after he created Adam, remember that? He looked back and he's like, created Adam. And he looked and he's like, oh yeah, that's real good right there. That's, that's, that's awesome. And then he created Eve and said, that's even better right there. He probably didn't say it like that, but that's what he, that's what he meant. God created people and said, that's it, that's, that's perfect, that's the way I want it. And then what did people do? They disobeyed. They failed to trust his faithfulness. All they had to do was live in the garden and have communion with God every day. That's all they had to do. Doesn't that seem simple to y'all? You don't have to go to work. You don't have no bills to pay. I mean, no, the hardest thing Adam had to do was decide what to call everything. He had to name everything. And there's a few things. I mean, I can, can you imagine Adam laying back, eating a big old uh, piece of fruit or a piece of lettuce or whatever was growing out there, and he's like, all these critters are coming across, and he sees something, and he's like, mm, I don't know what to call that one. Go stand over there. I'll call you something later. It, it had to be hard to figure out what to call things. He had it made, didn't he? They both had it made. Had a beautiful wife, handsome husband, in the presence of God. God was faithful. And yet they threw it all away because they didn't trust his faithfulness. And in, in Genesis chapter 3, we can read where, he, where God says, you know what? It's all messed up now. And he says he promised that he would fix it. It's always going to come back to this story. Every time it's going to come back to that promise with God. He said, I will fix this for two reasons. One, because God is love and God loves Adam and Eve. God loves his creation. So he's not going to let it fail. He's not going to let it decay and be ruined by Satan because that would mean Satan wins. And two, because he's the only one that could fix it. He's the only one that knew what was wrong and to, start, to start with. And he would be the only one that really wanted to fix it in that moment. So he kicks him out of the garden and he begins the process of being faithful all the way till Jesus comes to the cross. Isn't that awesome? And look how many years had to go by before Jesus would come into the world and go to the cross and then be resurrected from the dead all the way to Pentecost when the Spirit of God would come on any who would believe and the church would begin and we're still going about it today. It's all God's faithfulness. And that's a lot of time. That's a lot of generations to wait for God's faithfulness. How many of y'all are impatient? Be honest. <laughs> some of y'all, nobody, two people raised their hand. Some of y'all are, are like, I don't want to be the first one to raise my hand. 
trying to be patient with everybody else. I don't want to be impatient. I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys. Here we are in Lamentations. Look at this right here. Lamentations, chapter 3, starting in verse 19. It is believed that the prophet Jeremiah is believed that these are his words. We don't really know for sure, but it's believed. And I don't even realize, really think that it matters as far as understanding what's happening. Uh, this entire book of Lamentations is an expression of the humiliation and the suffering and the despair of Jerusalem uh, and the people of Jerusalem following being destroyed by the Babylonians. They, they are God's children. They were picked out to be God's people, and God allowed them to be totally and completely destroyed and taken into captivity by the Babylonians. What a terrible time that must have been. Can you imagine the emotions and the thoughts that were must have been going through their minds and in their hearts about where is God? What happened? We thought we were God's people. Some people, some of those people might still believe that we're God's people. What's happening here? I don't know about you, but if, if we're walking close to God and we're paying attention to the Spirit of God like we ought to be, when we get convicted because we're off the mark, because we're going the wrong way or we've jumped off into sin, we should be so close to God that we don't say, where did God go and how come he's not being faithful to me? We should say, Let's, let me wait for the Lord to help me get back where I need to be. And that's what we're going to read. Let's look at verse 19. He says, I remember my afflictions. Yeah, verse 19. I remember my afflictions and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast with me. That's so depressing to think, to just to read those words and just imagine yourself in the shoes of, 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 of Jeremiah or whoever wrote. Yet this, this look, here's what he says, verse 21. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. <laughs> they are, look, look, it gets better, y'all. They are <laughs> new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What did I say, 24? Yeah. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. I, I would just encourage you, maybe you should just, maybe you could just take these few verses and print them off on a piece of paper or write them down and set it, put them right there next to wherever it is you sleep at night. So that when you wake up in the morning, it's the first thing you read. Because this is, this is a person knowing God so well and knowing his faithfulness so well that even in his greatest discouragement, in the time that anybody else and all of us maybe would say, I'm just going to give up. Maybe God doesn't care anymore. It's not even worth it. It says this. I call to my, I will, I, I, he says, I, this I call to my mind and I have hope. I remember God's faithfulness and I have hope. I would, I'm going to admit this to y'all. Most 
Much of the struggles in my life are self-inflicted. Because I'm either away from God or not listening to God or just make a mistake. Right? And God is so faithful with his patience and his gentleness and his caring. He's even faithful with his rebuke during some of those times. God has promised me as a believer, as his child, he's promised you that he will not let you run away from him without a fight. That's where it's, you remember Psalm 23? We always quote the first verse, but what do the last verses say? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me the days of my life. Whenever I read, whenever I read that or talk about that, I think about uh, faithful dogs. They go everywhere you want to go. Everywhere you go, they go. They want to be where you're at. That's, that's, the way, that's the way my older dog is and was. I couldn't go anywhere without that dog being around me. It, that's, she, didn't care, she didn't care where I was or what I was doing. She just wanted to be where I am. And it wasn't because I'm going to feed her. Sometimes it was, but not always. Because she wanted to be with me. When God's grace and God's mercy is promised as it is, you can run, but you can't hide. You're going, you're going, forgiveness is going to be offered to you. Grace is going to be offered to you. Mercy is going to be offered to you. Until you take your last breath in this world, God's love will chase you down. The sad part is that some people will run and run and run and run and run until they do take their last breath and then it's over. And they never experience what God had been trying to pour into their hearts their entire lives. Isn't that sad? And people, people that die and go to a place we know as hell don't go there because God wasn't faithful. They go there because they rejected his faithfulness. Don't let that be you. If you have to repent, you should repent. If you have to humble yourself, you should humble yourself. If you have to praise the Lord, then you should praise the Lord. If you have to love someone, then you should love someone. Because God is faithful in that. If, if you have to do something different with your finances to honor God, then you should do that. Because God is faithful in that. Everything in your life is touched by God's faithfulness. Everything. When God says you can't outgive me, what does that mean? <laughs> that means you can't. No matter how much you give of yourself and everything God has given you, you can't outdo Him. I think that means you can't outlove Him. I think I think He wants you to. I think He wants you to try to love people more than He does. That's what I think He wants you to do. I think He wants you to try to give more than He does. Try to forgive more than he does. You won't be able to do it, but he wants you to try. Because he's faithful in, in winning that game. <laughs> Isn't that great? You're a part of who he is and what he's about. We're going to come back to that maybe. Here's some examples right here. This is Old Testament examples. 
right? This is why I struggled with figuring how to present this to you, because there's so many pieces of Scripture that would be so obvious and so helpful to us for us to understand God's faithfulness. We don't have time. You, you do that in your own study. But here it is. Noah, God was faithful to Noah, and it rained. Can you imagine trying to build a boat that you ain't never built before, and you had to, you took so long to build it, and it just, it, not even one drop of rain, and everybody in your world ridiculed you. And you just kept right on hammering away and sawing away and believing God, and he was faithful. Abraham, oh my gosh. There's, I, don't know, I, I don't know if I can imagine a bigger or better picture of God's faithfulness than when, when, first off, God promised Abraham to be, he would be the father of many nations than he was. He was faithful. But really, when he says to Abraham, he's like, I want you to get up in the morning. I want you to take your son up on the mountain. I want you to put him on uh, the altar, and I want you to sacrifice him. And I don't know about you, but if, if we're going to be honest with ourselves and God, we would be like, uh, no, it ain't going to happen. I can't even imagine making that decision. But the scripture I read says that Abraham got up early in the morning to do that. He didn't wait around. He didn't piddle around. He didn't put it off. He just got up early in the morning because he believed that God would provide. Because God told him he would provide. God told him that he would have a son and his son would be the heir. And his son would go on to do great things according to the promise that he had already made to Abraham. So he was faithful in believing God. So when he went up on the mountain... There was a, a sacrifice provided for him. Just at that moment, I, I got that movie, I got a movie in my head about that moment. You can see him. He's got his son all tied up on the altar, and he's got his dagger, and he's about to plunge that through the boy's heart. And inches away from the boy's heart, God says, Hold, hold, hold up. Pause. I've seen enough. The sacrifice is right over there. Isn't that great? God's faithfulness. Isn't that great? Sometimes we don't wait long enough to experience his faithfulness. Sometimes we get so impatient that we don't see what God's doing and we, our panic sets in and our worry overtakes us and our fear becomes what guides us and then we miss out on God's faithfulness. What a moment to experience. Can you imagine being uh, Isaac? What are you doing, Dad? <laughs> well, why are we tying me up? <laughs> How do, you, how do you go through those things? Because you know God and you believe God. What about Moses? God says to Moses, go over there to this Egyptian leader, leader of the world, and tell him to let all these slaves go. Just go tell him what I said. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> but he goes off and does it a bunch of times. And multiple times, multiple times, God was faithful to what he was telling them to do. He led them out. He led them through the, the Red Sea. He, he, he let them go through the Red Sea. He went through the wilderness. They, he was faithful to them the whole time, even though they complained, even though they questioned him. They didn't believe him. I mean, it was moments. It was moments after they got in the wilderness. And they're like, hey, Moses, why'd you bring us out here to die? We were better off being slaves. What in the world? But God was still faithful to his promise. He didn't, he didn't say, you know what? You got you ungrateful people. I'm not going to do this anymore. Just forget about chapter three of Genesis. Let's just call it quits. But God doesn't do that. He's not like that. Why does why is God faith? How can he be faithful to us 
knuckle-headed sinners because he knows what he created us to be. He knows the potential that's in us should we ever surrender to him. Should we ever trust him? Should we ever get to the other end of the promise? Then there's Jericho, Joshua. Can you imagine? As a preacher, I look at him and I, and I imagine, okay, God's telling me to go to the church and say, we're going to walk around the, uh, the city a bunch of times and then we're going to blow a bunch of horns. And God's going to, if I said that to y'all, y'all probably call a doctor or something. Like, what's wrong with him? But that's what they did. They did it and God was faithful. God is always faithful. Then there's, then there's Esther. Then there's, there's Jacob. Look at, how many times was God faithful to Jacob? Just when he, you thought he was getting ahead, he would, he would get knocked back down. Over and over again until he's right where God planned for him to be. And all his brothers and even his, the rest of his family had to sit back and say, Whoa, God is faithful. You know, do you believe that God was even faithful to Jonah? How can he be faithful to Jonah? He swallowed him up in a fish. Is that right? Did I say it wrong? Yeah. And he got thrown up on the beach. <laughs> That's what happened. Because he wasn't faithful to God. He didn't want to be. He wasn't not just neglecting God. He just rejected God's assignment. But God made him go there. And the reason I know that God was faithful to Jonah because he went in there and preached the message reluctantly. He was like, God said, y'all have to, y'all have to repent. If you don't repent, God's going to destroy you. There, I told him, I'm out. That's how he did. That's what happened. And everybody in that city repented. God was faithful. God said, if you go tell them to repent, I'll bless them. I'll forgive them. He's faithful. All of the prophets that we can read about in, in the scripture, when, when they were doing the work of God and talking to the people, God was faithful. What about David? Oh, David, standing out there with his slingshot. Talking to his brothers, going, what are y'all hiding over here for? What are y'all doing? We have God. What are y'all doing over here? And he goes out there and hits the giant in the forehead with a rock. God's faithful. Now we're moving into the, to the New Testament, y'all. Because some people say, well, that's all Old Testament. Different situation. Okay, well, let's go to the New Testament together and we'll see and then we'll look at a few more pieces of scripture and then we'll be done we'll praise the lord all of the new testament is a testament to god's faithfulness wouldn't you agree to that testament to god's faithfulness in fulfilling his promise from Gen genesis chapter 3 and all throughout the old testament all the old testament is about explaining the promise and the new testament is about fulfilling the promise it's all about God's faithfulness. So here we have Zechari Zechariah and Elizabeth. You know how many people in the, in the scripture you come across people that shouldn't be having kids and they're having kids? Can you put, put yourself there? And God said, uh, y'all going to have a baby and he's going to be uh, the forerunner for the Messiah. So just be prepared for that. And, of course, they had some trouble with that, of course. But you know what? Here comes John the Baptist. They sure enough had a baby. And he sure enough did what God sent him here to do. God's faithful. 
And then there's Joseph and Mary. Now, everybody likes to focus on Mary, and we'll talk about her in the next few weeks. But I like to talk about Joseph. Because I got to tell you, if I'm that high school kid that asked this girl to be my girl, my boyfriend, girlfriend situation, my girlfriend, I'm her boyfriend. And she gives me this picture that says, forever and ever, amen, I'm yours. Right? And we go down the road of life, and right before we get married, we got a problem. That would be tough. That would be a hard situation. People nowadays get divorced for less things. They get divorced because somebody went to too many ball games, or somebody spent too much money on shoes or purses or motorcycles or whatever it is. It's, people just get divorced because they don't feel like it anymore. But here's Joseph, and God says to him, look, I'm doing something here. You need to trust me. Go ahead and take her as your wife, and you go off and do what, what we lead you to do. And they do it. And now we read they're a part of the greatest story ever told. Do you want to be a part of the greatest thing going? Wouldn't it, isn't that what you want? Being a part of the greatest thing going involves being a part of God's faithfulness. Being along for the ride. Just letting the Spirit of God usher you along the path and watch over and over and over again God's faithfulness to His people, to His church. You, you and I should have tears in our eyes more often than not just about how faithful God is. And I'm going to encourage you and even challenge you today as you work your way toward Thanksgiving Day with whoever you're going to spend it with. Make yourself a list, not just a mental list. Write it down somewhere. Just keep making a list of how many times you've seen God's faithfulness in your life. It's worth taking the time to do. Write it down. Because there's going to be a day, one day, when you're going to be in a dark place. You're going to have struggles. And what you write down today is going to help you on that day to be in where we read in Lamentations, I recalled how my God is. And it gave me hope. Isn't that what it said? He said, all this bad stuff is happening and I'm in such a depressed state, but I recalled God. Isn't it awesome? Who knows who Simeon is? <laughs> God said, God said, you can go to, I think the uh, Gospel of Mark talks about Simeon, maybe it's Luke, says that Simeon was told that he wouldn't die before he saw the Messiah, right? And uh, Joseph and Mary show up with this kid, and he, he sees Jesus, and he gets overjoyed and begins to worship, <laughs> almost unstoppably begins to worship. He doesn't care who's around, and he grabs this kid, and he's like, hey, it's the Messiah, praise the Lord, and everything is great in his heart because God is faithful. I wonder, I, wonder how, I wonder if he ever got to the point where he was like, man, I wonder if God forgot about that promise. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure I want to live in this world more than 100 years like they used to. Yeah? I'm ready to be with the Lord whenever he's ready, but at the same time, I want to serve him at the same time here. 
Genesis chapter 3 all the way to the cross and through the, the New Testament, the New Testament teaches us and shows us that he fulfilled his promise to the world. To the world. To all the world. His promise to Satan was fulfilled on the cross. Isn't that, isn't that great? He, he didn't even just promise things to the ones he loved. He promised things to his enemies. And that makes him awesome. That makes him the most powerful thing going. What about the 12 disciples? He walks up to these guys. They flunked out of school. They're not the best. They knew the law, but they weren't great at it. So they went back to go and learn from their fathers. And he walks up to them. Jesus walks up to him and says, hey, I want you to come and follow me, and I'll teach you to be fishers of men. And ignore the typo on the screen, y'all. I saw it this morning. I was like, that's not how you say that. That's not, it shouldn't be fishers apostrophe. That's what I don't think. Doesn't matter. Right. So these guys are saying, let me just drop everything and follow Jesus. And he's going to make them fishers of men. They thought they were going to be involved in this great army that's going to take over Rome, right? And be important that way. Little did they know that God had bigger plans for them. And because they were faithful and believed God, they experienced his faithfulness, which is what we read in the New Testament. Now let's finish up with this right here. Yeah, we've got to finish up. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 says this. God is faithful, uh, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God has called us. God has said, look, all who believe that Jesus is the Christ, come in to me. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. The door is open. The call is there. It's not a trick. God's not saying, God's not saying to the sinner, come, come to me and I'll forgive you and then smack you down when you get there. It's not, that's not the way it is. He's provided a way to be forgiven and to be reconciled to him, to go back to where Adam and Eve was, were. Make sense? And, it, and it's, he's faithful to making it happen. Look at 1 John. I put all these together. Oops, thought I had on a different slide. 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is, look, faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We should go home praising the Lord just for that fact right there. Because before we were forgiven, before we repented, before we believed, we were enemies of the Holy Most High God. Enemies. John 3.16 says, Whosoever will believe can be saved. He's faithful to that. He's faithful to his plan. He's faithful to the gospel. He's faithful. How, much, how many other ways can we say it? God is faithful. And I, I know there's somebody in the world, somebody that you know, maybe, hopefully it's not you, but it, maybe it is you, that might believe that God wouldn't be faithful to you because you've been so bad. You've done so many terrible things. Maybe, maybe you're struggling with forgiving yourself or maybe you just don't believe the Bible, the truth. It's a whole other problem, isn't it? Here's what I know from personal experience. Personal experience. There has never, ever been a time in my life, not even before I was saved, that God wasn't faithful to me. 
And I'm so sure about that, I've stopped looking for that. I just know he's faithful. You'll never find a time when God's not faithful to you. I used to look for that when I was younger, when I was uh, what we call a milk sipper, spiritually. He did. I used to look for that. Because I didn't know God like I should. I, didn't, I wasn't fully aware of how to see what he's doing. And the more I live with him, the more I walk with him, the more you walk with him, the more you can see him. And the more he proves himself to you, even though he doesn't have to. You, you, will, never, you will never honestly be able to say, the times that I did think that God might have failed me, because I didn't understand what he was doing. Or my expectations of him were out of line. Right? Maybe I didn't have my bills paid. Or maybe I didn't have a need that I thought I needed. Something I needed or wanted. And God must, must be failing me because I don't have what I need. And the problem wasn't God not being faithful to me. The problem was me squandering what he's already provided. Or me thinking things that I need are really what I need when he knows better. <laughs> it's hard to swallow. It is. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe we have bad attitudes from time to time because we're in sin and we don't realize that we need to get that right. Maybe we're convicted and we're stubborn about it. Right? And because of the blood of Christ, we can, we can count on his patience and faithfulness to wait for us to repent. However, I would encourage you not to wait because Jesus might show up one day and it's going to be too late. I love you and the Lord loves you. I hope you know that by now. I hope you know that uh, God loves you so much that he would send Jesus to the cross for you. Just like he promised. That if you just Believe and repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins that you can begin a life, a long journey into eternity with him. That's his promise. That's the fullness of his promise. No matter what you do, no matter what you don't do, no matter what you believe, no matter what you accept or reject, nothing will change that fact. It's true. I hope you receive it as truth. Y'all ready to sing? We're going to stand together and sing and uh, let's sing together. Believing that God is faithful. You ready?